everyone. You're listening to Your Place at the Table podcast. If you feel that twinge deep down, that feeling that you're supposed to do something more with your life, but you don't know what, then this podcast is for you. Maybe you have a dream, a big goal, or just a twinkling of a thought, but you don't understand it, or you don't see how it's different than what everyone else is doing. Or maybe you don't get how you and the things in your life fit into the world. We explore this topic together, otherwise known as purpose. This podcast will help all of us find a little more clarity on how our lives fit into the world. We all have a seat at the table. Some of us, myself included, just need to stop trying to sit in other people's spots. Every week I'll share a short reflection, then a piece of content that addresses that week's topic. Both will be available on my website. If you stumbled on this podcast for the first time, I encourage you to go listen to the first three episodes. They should be listed underneath this current one. But otherwise, my name is Kim Jansen. I'm a wife, mom, writer, fitness instructor, worship leader, and chocolate chip cookie lover. I've been writing online since 2009, and I've been stumbling through this life since 1989. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. James 4.6, New International Version. If we were in a support group for self-righteous recoveries, I hope I could raise my hand and say, my name is Kim, and it's been two minutes since I felt pride. Because that's about how long I could go before stumbling again, even in the middle of a support group dedicated to the subject. I often feel like I deserve more than what I have in the moment. I like to have a lot of fights with God where I try to convince Him that I should have more money or leading more songs for worship or that my blog should be bigger. So while I don't think I'm an expert on humility, I don't think whining at God about my current lot in life is a good sign. The beautiful truth about being in relationship with God, thank you Jesus, is that we don't have to fear His wrath or punishment. But I don't think that means He lets us have whatever we want or desires us to act however we want. He's still in the business of bringing glory to his name and souls to his heart. Proud people kind of get in the way of that. We're all over here saying, we know what's best for us. Look at us. We're the best and we're better than you. That travesty opposes God. So he kind of has to oppose us in our pride. It's kind of what messed everything up in the first place. God has given us some pretty big dreams because he wants to make us part of the story. But when we let pride get in the way and we demand faster timing, more influence, a story more like hers, a better appearance, well, it's no wonder when God has to stop us in our tracks for a while. When we seek God first above our desires, whether big or in the daily life, that's when he can gift us a part of the story. Humility comes when we focus on him and not ourselves. And that's what God will bless. One way to not let comparison kill your dreamer's heart is to focus on your own life. After all, comparison and wishful thinking don't just hurt the individual. I didn't get Facebook until after graduating from high school. I wasn't behind the game so much that because my parents wouldn't let me, but because I didn't care or even realize what I was missing. Oh, I remember those first days of setting up my profile. Thinking up funny quotes, the best way to describe me, sending friend requests, And back in the day, when someone accepted a friend request, the profile showed who did the requesting and who did the accepting. I had a flare board. Anyone remember those? On one of my tabs and had more flare pins than there was space for them. People wrote on each other's walls all the time and spent time commenting on photo albums, which could only hold six photos at a time. 
it's changed a lot. Back in the MySpace and early Facebook days, social media was just another vessel for keeping in touch with people. It extended the arm of in-person friendship and was an addition to our culture. But now it shapes the culture. Social media is now a requirement to be invited to events, get information about our volunteer responsibilities, and build any sort of business or influential platform. It's the way we receive our news and entertain ourselves. For years now, we've been struggling to separate ourselves from this massive digital arm threatening to encapsulate our entire lives, which we let happen because it simplifies our day-to-day -day life, in a way. But we don't like it because it also consumes our daily life, and it also strengthens the comparison trap. We look at the amazing opportunities other people get, the number of followers they have, the people they meet, the events they attend. We wonder why we never get those opportunities or why we only have 200 followers on Twitter. Are we not good enough? Another deflation we feel when scrolling through Instagram is anytime someone posts a picture with other people, when just a few days earlier, we hung out with that same person and no update was posted about it. Realize, of course, that we do the same thing. I spend the day with someone and not even think about getting a picture taken, but other times I do. We know that people just don't think about it sometimes, and we know that our friends only share a selected amount of information on their accounts. We also know social media isn't the best for us as much as we use it. And social media is not the cause of our struggles with comparison. It's just an elevating platform. But for now, it's here for the long haul, and we might as well adapt to it or learn to live outside it. But with all the good, bad, and unfortunate, we have not given ourselves permission to put our heads down. We think we have to consume, 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 but reality does not dictate we be slaves to our phones and the apps on them. We don't have to keep up and compare our callings to other people. So stay in your lane. When you think of the phrase, stay in your lane, what comes to mind? I think of a car driving down the highway. Sometimes if we're exiting the highway, getting out from behind a slower car, or avoiding something on the shoulder, switching lanes is necessary. Merging into other lanes just because is unnecessary and annoying. And if we're spending our entire time looking at the cars beside us instead of focusing on the road ahead of us, what happens? We crash. And we usually crash into another car and damage it, not just hurting us or our own vehicle. Life is the same way. Not only does spending all our time looking around us prevent our own progress, but it's also to the detriment of the people around us. We pull our friends down when we whine, complain, or refuse to lift up their successes or mourn their loss, however small it is. God has gifted us with specific strengths, but also a life story and a community to which we can impact. And until it's clear where we're to go next, that community is often right in front of us, waiting for us. Why would he call us to something else, something bigger, when we can't steward what we already have? I used to think that if I were a missionary to another country, I would be much better at evangelizing. But people always said that if I thought I was supposed to be a missionary somewhere else, I should start sharing the gospel right where I lived. So talking to the people I already knew, that idea was terrifying, and I didn't think I needed to do that to be a good missionary. I thought I would just start evangelizing to people when I got somewhere new and exotic. And while the excitement would push me out of my comfort zone for a short period of time, eventually wherever I was as a missionary would just become the place where I lived, and I wouldn't be very effective in the habit of looking for opportunities to love and relationships that I had already established. I now understand that we have to be faithful with the present day and our present resources before God will give us something bigger. And that goes for missions, businesses, relationships, churches, and influential platforms. It would be worth our time to focus on what we have right now 
whatever that is, a serving job, a tiny town, a blog with three irregular readers, a friend or a kid, and put our heads down and do the work we need to do to steward that thing or person well. I don't believe that at the end of our lives, God will ask us, why didn't you try to build a million dollar business or speak at huge conferences? Instead, he'll ask us why we didn't desire the story he gave us over the one he wrote for someone else. God crafts a beautiful life for all of us, regardless of if it stacks up to someone else's curated highlight reel. If he believes that we're worthy of his time, enough to send Jesus down and make us worthy, then why do we waste so much of ours looking and running around? trying to create the perfect life with the fun friends and exciting events and just right job, gym, church, whatever, when he has something for us to love and build. It might not be attractive at first glance, but it will be worth the investment. So he made me to be Kim. He didn't make another Amanda, Heather, Jackie, or Kelly. And if you're wondering, those are friends of mine. He's already created them and given them their own relationships, talents, quirks, weaknesses, and tragedies that will speak to others. I'm wasting my time if I spend it trying to be them or just whining that I'm not them. That's not giving God any glory. Rather, that energy wastes away and leaves nothing lasting. The comparison trap is the enemy's goldmine. Not only does it hinder our ability to do anything, but we attack others even if it's only in our own mind. We don't celebrate with each other, nor do we accomplish anything of our own. When we see what someone else has, we shrug off our own blessings and run after theirs. This disregards the unique gifts God provides us and wants us to use. That's not what I want to do. I don't want to leave any gifts untapped or any relationships left wanting. I want to be Kim to the fullest. That's who he made me to be anyway. And he's done that for all of us. We're not doing the world any favors by wishing we were someone else but we'll give it something amazing if we're faithful with what we have. Can we fight comparison by trying to stay in our lanes? I wish you could have seen how hard it was to speak into the mic for this specific podcast. I kept messing up the words. I think there was a few times when I just left it. So um, forgive me. Give me some grace. Yeah, anyway, forgive me. Um... But I hope you enjoyed episode four. Episode four is kind of a um, follow-up to the episode where we talk about loving the life you have. So if you haven't listened to that, I suggest that you do so. If you want to know where to find me, you can find me on Instagram. I post that occasionally at Kim L.H. Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N. You can also find me sometimes on Twitter at Words on Paper Me. Pinterest is where I share a lot of great content that I find. And you can find me at Kim L.H. Jansen as well. Plus, I still blog, so wordsonpaper.me. And that's where you can find the show notes, wordsonpaper.me slash podcast, and look for episode four. Lastly, if you'd like to join my email list, that information is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day.